Good evening. Today is Tuesday, October 11th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is more about alcoholism, and our speaker tonight is Ash. Thank you, Ash. Thank you. Hey, family. My name is Ash. I'm a compulsive overeater. Super excited to be with you this evening. Thank you, Lisa, for the invitation, and thank you for everyone who is doing service to make this meeting possible. So I'm going to pause and say the serenity prayer because I always get super anxious and in my head and I need to bring it back into my heart and get out of God's way. So God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. All right, so like I said, my name is Ash. I'm a compulsive overeater. Any other compulsive overeaters here with me? Yay, thank you. Um, I'm also a compulsive undereater. Anybody under eating in this room? Yay. How about exercise bulimics? Anybody out there? Yay. And I'm also a hundred pounder. Woo, anybody else? <laughs> And I don't say all that like I'm oh so special, but to any newcomers or anybody that's checking out OA, whatever your issue is with food, there are those among you who have experienced it too. So just keep coming back. Um, let me see, a few disclaimers. I will say God, um, the God of my understanding is just God. I might say him, she, them, or they. It's kind of irrelevant to me. I think God is beyond my human understanding. And so I get pretty lazy and just default because I can get in my head and overanalyze myself out of these rooms. So I just have to keep it simple. So please take what you like, leave the rest. I ask you to listen for the similarities and not the differences. Um, so... I'm going to open up, um, Lisa said, chapter three, more about alcoholism. So I'm going to start reading and just do like a couple paragraphs to like center myself. And I can share a little bit about um, what it was like before, what it's like now, and then what, well, yeah, what was it like before, what happened and what it's like now. But before I do that, I did want to quickly show some pictures. You know, they say pictures are worth a thousand words, but let's not get um, hung up on the physical because what I've learned in these rooms, it's a spiritual program. And yes, physical recovery is possible. And I will um, speak to that. It's wholeheartedly possible with the help of the God of my understanding. So let me share really quick. Let's see how good I am with technology. All right, can you guys see this? Can you see yourself? Sorry. Can you guys see this or no? Can I get a verbal? I'm sorry, I can't see the screen. Yes. Yes. Me before. Yeah. Um, whoa. Are you guys still there? I'm sorry. We can see you, we can see your pictures, and we can hear you. Perfect. Thank you. I just got a note. 
So this is me before um, OA. I used to weigh over 250 pounds. Oh, no. Did we lose Ash altogether? I'm here. Can you guys? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just going to not share screen. I'm not sure what's going on. I think it's just too much bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah. So same pictures aren't that important, apparently. So nevertheless, um, I used to weigh over 250 pounds. I am very short. I'm about five, two, five, two and a half on a good day. Um, and like I said, the physical recovery is absolutely possible, but what's more important is the emotional and physical recovery for me. Um, God has removed from me this weight for over four years now, and that's absolutely because of his grace. It's not me. Um, so I want to, like I said, I'm going to start center ourselves in chapter three, more about alcoholism in the big book, page 30. And it says, most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily or mentally different from his fellows. Therefore, it is not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. The idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it to the gates of insanity or death. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we are alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusions that we are like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. We alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking. We know that no real alcoholic ever recovers control. All of us felt at some times like we were regaining control, but such intervals, usually brief, were inevitably followed by still less control, which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. We were convinced to a we are convinced to a man that alcoholics of our types are in a grip of a progressive illness. Over many considerable periods, we get worse, never better. So for me, this was exactly where I was when I first came into OA. I've been in program for about six years now. I came in at 20, 2016. And when it talks about the pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization, man, I got to these rooms and I was suicidal and homicidal. I hated myself. I hated you. I thought, what's the point of this life? It's always going to be miserable. Take me out now. And it wasn't until I got into these rooms and heard you guys share openly and honestly about what was going on in your history with food that I did find some kind of hope that life could be better, that I did not have to suffer alone. So I thank you all for that. Um, the spiritual principle behind step one is honesty. So I want to get a bit honest about where I've been in my path with OA and where I am now um, with all the different things that are going on in my life. 
And that's really to keep me humble. So I don't think I'm on this like spiritual high or some kind of better than thy. I need all of you every day. And sometimes I reach out, sometimes I crawl in the hole, pull the covers over my head and, you know, don't want to adult today. But for today, I'm showing up and I really appreciate that you all are here with me on this journey. Um, so when I came into OA, I had actually already lost 50 pounds and it took me about four years and I was white knuckling it the entire time. I was dieting, I was exercise, you know, I've done three half marathons. Like I know how to lose weight. I can teach classes, but I also know how to gain it. And I used to keep a spreadsheet. That's how my insanity of my weight over the years, how much it can go up and down. And when I was told about this meeting, I was like, I think I've been here before. And I see a friendly face who also was keeping a spreadsheet of the ups and downs. So, you know, you just never know how God is going to work and share those strange things. Well, I think it's kind of strange of, of the things that I've done in my food history, but we're never alone. So, yeah, I kept this crazy log of all the ups and downs and and. It's, it's really astonishing how much I let food and my weight and diet and my body image absolutely control every single facet of my life. I wasn't living. I was just obsessing about everything I put in my mouth or didn't put in my mouth. And so, like I said, when I came into these rooms, I had already lost 50 pounds, but I was so depressed. I was so anxious and I was so alone that I was to the brink of insanity or death. I actually was getting um, injections in my back. I was 30, 31 years old when I was getting injections in my back from the pain. I was pre-diabetic. I mean, it, all these physical things were just so wrong, but I knew that it was a mental thing, number one. I didn't know it was spiritual. I knew it was mental. And I'd gone to all the outside help and you know they helped the way they could but I didn't have the fellowship I didn't have the friends that I could confide in because when I would talk to the outside world it was kind of like well don't eat don't eat that don't eat so much go for a walk and I'm like what the f that ah, they didn't get it and so again it's the fellowship is all of you sharing your experience, strength, and hope that I get better and know that I'm not alone in this journey. So thank you again. Um, so what, where am I on time? I'm sorry. I don't want to get off track. Okay. So let me um, tell you what happened. That's a big thing. So my now ex-husband actually 12-stepped me into OA. And they say family can't help family in uh, recovery. That for me, that wasn't true. He actually 12-stepped me into these rooms because I had never heard of you all. I was absolutely astonished to know that I could sit in the room and talk to other people for free about what challenges I was having with food. And so when I got here, I listened, I cried, I got a sponsor, lovingly walked me through the steps, held my hand the entire time. And I was able to find um, 
a food plan that I was able to stick with. And that's where I dropped like 70 pounds in a year and a half. It was ridiculous. I heard the saying, you know, if you focus on the weight, you'll lose the recovery. But if you focus on the recovery, you'll lose the weight. And that was absolutely true for me. Once I put that scale away, once I, you know, just try to cut off my mind, that's when the physical recovery just melted off. So for me, the physical recovery came first. The mental recovery came second because I had shut myself off from all professional help because I was like, F you. I went to therapy for years. You never told me about these free people. I'm angry. And so it actually took about two to three years in recovery before I was willing to go get that outside help that I really needed, but I was so resentful that I, I wouldn't go back. So again, I thank you all for opening that pathway back to the um, outside help that I needed and I deserved. But ultimately, like I keep coming back to, it's a spiritual program. For me, God continuously does for me what I cannot do for myself. And that's not only saving me from killing myself with the food or killing myself over exercising. It's giving me a path to live life to the fullest on life's terms without being obsessed about what I look like or the number on the scale or the number in my genes. I have a fuller life with more friends, true to God, honest friends that I can confide in with the worst things that I've done, said, or thought, who will not judge me and who will listen and just encourage me to do the next indicated thing. So that's truly a blessing again. So I, um, I actually got divorced earlier this year in January, February. Um, so I've been on this emotional roller coaster and my food has been very slippery. I lost like, I don't know, too much weight, probably 10 pounds from my already lowest um, because I just did, didn't eat, wouldn't eat. I was super depressed, wouldn't eat. And that's just my disease in reverse. Um, and so now I've gained back some weight I'm not eating the way I want to eat, but I've had to set my ego on the side and say, God, I need you to show me a pathway. So I've started to revise my food plan with the help of my sponsor um, because physically I'm a little bit heavier than I would like to be. Again, I, 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 according to the doctors, I'm fine. The blood work is fine. Da, 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 da. But my disease tells me I'm not good enough. The number's not right. I'm alone. Who's going to want me now? That, 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 uh, the disease, the disease keeps calling back to me. And like it says in here, I'm not going to go through too much more, more about alcoholism because there's so much great things packed in here. But the disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful. I think we all know that. It also says it's a progressive illness. So if we don't take the prescribed medicine, which for me is coming to meetings, working with my sponsor, being open and honest and transparent, the disease is sitting in the parking lot doing push-ups. It's like, we're waiting. Come on. I got something new for you. And so I get an opportunity to be on the defense and say, okay, what can I do today for my recovery? Um, sorry, time check. So let me jump to the back. 
well, the back of here a little bit. So page 42, at the bottom of page 42, and more about alcoholism in the big book, it says, quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles will solve all my problems. I have since been brought into a new way of living, infinitely more satisfying, and I hope more useful than the life I lived before. My old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. I would not go back even if I could. So that's absolutely the love that I have for OA, for each one of you in this fellowship, and to the God of my understanding for leading me to all of you. Because I thought I had an okay life before okay, OA. I thought I had an okay life you know, before the weight and before the outside help. But the life that I'm living today is beyond my wildest dreams. I talked about the friendship. I talked about the um, physical recovery, the emotional recovery. But again, it comes back to the fellowship for me. It comes back to the friends. It comes back to the companionship because I would not be here today with, without all of you all on this journey with me. So I think I'm probably very near time and I would love to open it up and get off well, my soapbox. You do have three minutes left, Ash, if you Perfect. want to. Thank you, Liz. So I'm gonna use that three minutes to actually read today's um, daily reminder in our OA for today. It was, I think it was just right on time, God shot. As step one, admitted we were powerless over alcohol, over food, over life, and we could not control, um, and our lives were unmanageable, excuse me. So October 11th, page 285 says, lying to ourselves is more deeply ingrained than lying to others. And I cannot pronounce this person's name, so I'll drop it in the chat. I apologize. But it says... I am with myself every minute of every day. I have no respite from my frailties, no leave of absence from myself. It's hard to have to listen to that relentless inner voice forever pointing out my faults and mistakes. So I fall back on the familiar pattern of self-deception. In that never, never land, things are not what they really are. They are what I want them to be. As I work this program of recovery, I find better ways of seeking relief. I call time out to express my feelings, either verbally or in writing. Funny how much more bearable the truth becomes when I can look at it openly and honestly without having to be defensive about it. And the quote for today is, to the extent that I take time to express my feelings, I can be comfortable with myself and learn something important at the same time. So with that, thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you so much. That, that was just wonderful. Um, I was so busy going to raise my hand that I forgot I had to speak. So um, anyway, we will now open the meeting for questions or three minute shares as this is a big book study meeting, as this is a big book study, sharing and questions to relate specifically to the chapter and stepping study this week. We ask that you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. 
the Zoom host will, I'll, I'll call in the raised hands in order and ask you, and you'll be asked to unmute when it's your turn. With a timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. All right. So let's see. The first person we have that I see here is Catherine A. Catherine, would you like to share? Yes, thank you. Catherine A, recovered compulsive reader. Uh, Ash, thank you so much for for your share. It was, it was really just wonderful to hear uh, to hear you speak today. Uh, you mentioned a couple of times the the importance of of the spiritual solution, and I, I very much appreciated you talking about that. And I was wondering if you could talk at all about your the evolution of that for you. I think especially in the context of more about alcoholism, we we hear a lot about um, people who may have that that physical recovery at the beginning or the start of it and and then lose it because of not developing that spiritual connection. So I was wondering if you could speak to that. Yeah, absolutely. When I was reading through the more about alcoholism, they were talking about, you know, you fail to, some, some guy failed to enlarge his spiritual territory, a spiritual realm. I can't remember the word, I apologize, but that's absolutely, you know, God honest truth for me. So when I came into OA, my relationship with God was very narrow and it was almost like a genie in a bottle relationship. Please, please, please give me what I want. I want it now like a two-year-old. I want what I want, when I want it, how I want it, where I want it. And that's, it just didn't work. And what I've learned over this evolution is to give things over to God more. I can't control this. I am powerless. I am powerless. <laughs> I am powerless. I am powerless. I am powerless. And so every time that I repeat, I am powerless, that makes the God of my understanding bigger and my ego gets smaller. And when my ego gets smaller, things tend to work out a little bit better because then, you know, the universe, God, mother nature is doing what the world needs to do. And I get out of the way. So my relationship now is nowhere perfect. That's why we say daily conscious contact because every minute I get back into self-will. That's just my human nature. That's my disease. I want to take it back. I want to take it back. <laughs> and so that's why I have to give it over, give it over. And you know, one thing that I actually started to do this OA daily reader, I keep it on my dining room table. And every time, every time, you know, as often as I can before I eat, I read it and it's by the third time, maybe dinner when I'm like, oh yeah, that really makes sense because my natural mind, I forget what I read. It doesn't resonate. So I have to, I ask God for a constant reminder and constant new understanding so that my, so that my recovery can keep growing. So I hope that helps. Thank you for that. And thank you for the question as well. Um, we'll now go to Jojo. Hi, I'm Jojo. Thank you. And I was wondering if you could talk about um, how your higher power helped you get back from relapse and how your higher power helps you stay abstinent. 
I don't even think I touched that much on my relapse, but yeah, that's a good one because I was in OA for about three and a half years with like squeaky clean abstinence. And my abstinence, by the way, had probably 25 things on an Excel sheet. I love Excel. And that worked until it no longer worked. I, a lot of different things happen. I won't blame it on any one thing, but I chose to turn back to food instead of turning to God to help me through some different things. And so once I gave up my abstinence, it has been incredibly hard to try to get back on the plan. And I figured out I was never going to get back to that original plan. It's just unrealistic as the human that I am today. And I've accepted that. And so again, it goes back to God, what would you have me eat? What would you have me do physically with my body so that I can be a vessel of your will? So for me personally, I have a lot of digestive issues. I refer to myself as like a walking Tums commercial. So I, a lot of things on my list is getting smaller and smaller as I get older. And I don't like it. I've already given out a lot of things and more things seem to be popping up to say, nope, nope that didn't work. And so it's, it's just a process of learning what's best for my body and getting honest with, with someone else to say, I think God is trying to show me that I need to do something different and being open and willing to receive those insights that you get physically, mentally, or emotionally. So I think hopefully that helps some. Thank you again for that. And thanks again for the question. Um, I'm now going to call on myself. So um, I'm going to go ahead and speak. So um, thank you so much for your uh, share. We have a lot, our stories have a lot of, a lot in common and it was really good to kind of see that mirror held up to me. So thank you for that. Um, I, you know, I really like the more about alcoholism chapter um, especially as it starts to really emphasize the, the need to like expand your spiritual life and the kind of consequences, if that doesn't happen. Um, I really appreciated too the, the honesty about some of the trouble with the program, because I think I know when I speak, I want to just talk about all the perfect stuff that I do. And it like being human and saying that, you know, stuff is hard is, is sometimes challenging. So um, you know, I, I went away for three weeks and I think I can't go on trips that are that long overseas anymore. It's really thrown me for a loop and taken me a while to get back to myself and, uh, culminated in me, like crying, like crying on the phone in my office to someone else, my sponsor, another program and like in a completely non-serene way. So, um, I think that's one of the many things I have to turn over to God that I can't travel the way that I want to and stay sane. So I think that part of this program, part of the recovery process and part of the spirituality is learning those things as we go through life, um, because I can't make rules for living and then live by them without having new experiences pop up and having to be like, does that work for me or does that not work for me? And that's too where the program is, it's 
a living program, right? It's not just a list of 25 things, right? In a spreadsheet, what we can eat and we can't eat, you know, I could make the best list ever, but the fact is I'm in Europe for three weeks and I can't always, you know, get whatever I, I need. So I have to be able to live within my program. And that can be a challenge for me sometimes. I also tend to get complacent in my relationship with my higher power and sort of think things are good enough. And I think that can come and sort of bite me in the butt as well. So how do I, you know, stay on fire, which is like maybe like a moderate slow burn for my higher power (laughs) rather than, you know, fizzling out like it does sometimes. So um, I'm asking a lot of questions because I have a lot of questions right now. That's just where I am in the program. But um, I think that um, part of recovery is continuing to grow. And um, if I didn't ask myself these questions, I would just be stuck. And um, so I appreciate your share. And I appreciate this meeting and thank you so much for letting me do service for getting me here tonight. And I pass. Oh, I can't mute myself. Um, I can lower my hand. Uh, let's go now to Jody. Jody, would you like to share? Hello, I'm Jody, compulsive over under eater and Ash. I loved hearing your story. I don't think I have ever heard it. And I learned things about you that I never knew. And I just so appreciate your honesty and vulnerability and just how authentic you were and just learned so much from your share. And I have really seen you live this program. And um, that's just such a, um, just a, testimony for lack of better words to the program and I was just honored and so um, privileged to get to hear you tonight and I'll pass thanks Jody now we're going to move on to Victoria W hi sorry I, I came in a little bit late who's the timer we have a timer Okay, Liz, perfect, cool. Um, hey, everybody, I'm Victoria. I'm a recovered compulsive reader, insulin manipulator. It's really it's really good to be here with my camera on. I know I didn't have it on for the whole meeting, but at least for now, it's really good to just like plug in and be in this space. I have been really missing the in-person meetings where it was very hard for me to distract myself from the message. And now I have this box that has all the knowledge of the entire uh, humankind just a tab away. And it's really easy for me to get um, off into other things that aren't related. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to thank our speaker so much. Um, You know, I'm always struck by this chapter. I love the part when um, the person is talking about how like the best days in their old life, they wouldn't trade for the worst days that they have now. And it seems, I remember reading that and being like, boring, Hallmark movie, cliche, who cares? Like, that's so dumb. But it's really true. Like, I thought my life was awesome. And I had like a food problem that I was, I just needed to go to this thing. And people were going to tell me how I could eat in moderation. And then I could finally be normal and like, just go back to you know, crushing it, <laughs> like which was because I had such insanity. And then, you know, cut to abstinence, realizing like, oh, yeah, I did have shit going on, but it wasn't going on the way I thought. I thought it was like, oh, I've got shit going on. And it was like, 
there is shit going everywhere. Everywhere I move, I am causing problems. I am causing tornadoes. I am causing disasters. And being really confronted with my own powerlessness at first was terrifying because, I mean, I don't want to assume, but I also love Excel. I, I go backpacking on these um, adventurous trips and I have people are like, how do you do that? You're so carefree. I'm like, no, I have 18 folders on my Google Drive that are all planned out with what to do and have all the hospitals mapped in case I'm in an accident and have all the embassies like tag, like geotag. Like, that's just how I operate, you know, and in a lot of ways in life, it made me really successful. And I'm really grateful for that skill. But it is a huge defect that, and a huge blocker when it came to surrendering just trying to say, I give up. I don't have what it takes to fix this. Um, and that's my, like, that is my big secret that I'm just learning in this program to be so joyous as time goes on, like just to be like, oh, here's another thing I'm powerless over. And instead of getting pissed off, I'm like, oh, thank God, I don't have to worry about that because it's not even my job any, like I wouldn't even be able to fix it anyway. And like, that is just so not me. Um, that is my higher power operating through me. Um, time. Oh, perfect. Great, I'll pass, thank you. Thanks, Victoria. Um, can we stop the recording now, Emily?